Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, August 12th. LA Galaxy getting ready for a road trip headed to Minnesota, where Minnesota doesn't often lose. So that's going to be an interesting one. We're going to talk about that, get you all spun up. Rumors surround LA Galaxy General Manager Dennis Acosta. We'll discuss that, get you some all-star game skills competition stuff. I don't know. We're going to throw it in there. I just I have graphics, and we might as well do it. So we're going to do a little bit of that, too, um, and get you updated on the LA Galaxy's media call, tell you who's available, who's not available, all sorts of fun stuff like that to help me do it he's back he's the man from afar right now uh looking very sharp tonight uh eric portuguese hammer Vieira is in the house eric how's it going buddy oh it's going fantastic glad to be here yeah thank you for calling me out for looking sharp i've got my new 2021 la riot squad t-shirt so Ooh. i was glad to get that in the mail they do travel across straight straight state lines can't speak straight lines and state lines uh so a good time so thank you i feel feel good look good kids started school this week so Fingers crossed that all goes well. So good times. We're back. We're back. There you go. All right. Good. Yeah, I was going to say sometimes whenever the riot squad stuff goes across state lines, it gets confiscated. So I'm glad. That's uh, very true. (laughs) Especially into a foreign foreign country like Texas. So I just wanted to make sure that. I was going to say. Yeah, they don't like some of the the stuff that... uh, some of the smoke bombs that go off on uh, Riot Squad. I'm, no, I'm, not welcome here in Texas in no, some areas. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Very good. Well, let's get it. Let's start it off hot in the in the chat room. Patrick already gave us a $10 super chat. Uh, Patrick says, we are due for a road win. We own St. Paul. True. The LA Galaxy have never lost to Minnesota United. Um, but oh. looking, but looking at the run, the form right now for Minnesota, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. You I don't jinxed want, it. You jinxed it. You can't say that out loud. I, I'm going to say it. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, it's, it's one of those. So anyway, um... Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. There's a lot of, like, I'm going to say there's a lot of BS rumors flying around because it's, like, after the transfer window, and so people are suddenly, you know, like, amped up on something, and they're like, oh, well, we have to, this is definitely a thing that's happening right now, and you're like, no, it's probably not a thing that's happening right now. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of weird sort of things going. You have uh, pandemic raging and sort of picking back up again with the Delta and vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. And maybe that's going to have an effect on some things as we go down there. And then just the absolute, and I said it before, crazy, stupid schedule that's coming up for the LA Galaxy. Yeah. I am, I'm a little surprised, though, Eric, looking at some other schedules around the league. Um, they're also crazy, stupid this week. So there's a lot of crazy, yeah. stupid going on throughout the uh, throughout the, the MLS world. 
I was going to say, if you're, if you're going to have a crazy, stupid schedule, it, it really helps not to have League's Cup. And I was someone, I, I, I beat the League's Cup drum uh, when, when we were in it, but, but not being in it, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. I'm happy with it, especially with some injuries and players coming back. I'm, I'm very, very happy not being in League's Cup this season, especially uh, given how some of the MLS teams are performing in it as well. That's also not a great look. I mean, Peter Vermees uh, was, was in that. I think they ended up losing 6-1, to one, if, I was, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think that was, that the, was final. the final score. And, and Peter Vermees <laughs> said it perfectly. He's like, I'm, I absolutely want to take this as seriously as I possibly can, but I can't do it at the expense of yeah. you know the rest of the league and what's going on. He goes, and guys with heavy minutes, I'm not going to risk on it. It doesn't, you know, basically he's saying it doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to risk it. And uh, he also called out the scheduling just in terms of, you know, how quickly it comes back and a whole bunch of different things. Uh, uh, multiple games in a week and, and just sort of uh, things. Greg Vanny talked about it in his uh, media call today about um, how difficult it is for guys to be like switched on and engaged and play three games in a week. And you're like, OK, we are there. We're locked in. We're ready. And your body's like tense and ready to play. And like it's a different feeling throughout the week when you have that going on. And then they're off for like 14 days for an international break or a gold cup. And he goes and then like the bodies are supposed to relax again. He says it's exhausting. Uh, for yeah. players. So I'm like, oh man, that's that's an interesting sort of take on it. Greg always has an interesting twist that I don't think about. And then he says it and I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I'm I'm, I'm with yeah. you there, Greg. What, what else is new? <laughs> he states the obvious, but it wasn't obvious because you weren't thinking about it. It's, it is it is interesting the way he, 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 he does bring that up a lot. It does kind of, when he says things, you go, oh yeah, that's correct. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, why didn't I think of that? And I think that should be his... Uh, one of his catchphrases. Yeah, that is. Why didn't I think about that? That's what we should all be wearing T-shirts that say that whenever he comes on. Um, there you go. It's just now it, we're talking it, merch. It, I'll, I'll tell you something though too. It's it's interesting. You know, certainly with the pandemic, and you you would think that as a member of the media, you would grow maybe further away from the players and the coaches and stuff like that. And I think because we do these media conference calls and the same people are on over and over again. And, you know, I have my camera turned on when we do them so people can see me. They can see my smiling face. You can make comments about what they're wearing. You know, like a lot of times, like Greg wore a red shirt and I said, hey, nice red shirt. You know, it was like something stupid. And he goes, yeah, I was trying to match Larry. And then you look over and Larry's got a red shirt on too, right? There it was like, so, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a, 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 a relationship being built with everybody whenever they're on conference calls on a regular basis, which is, I didn't think you would be able to do virtually virtually uh but it's it's happening and so um usually the media conference calls especially before a game are, are pretty light um and we get through a lot of stuff uh, i think greg's used to me asking about every injury every illness and every player availability ever ever out there so we'll uh, we'll update everybody on that as well so i don't know it just man it's coming fast and furious eric yeah it, it really is july we blinked and july was gone and all six of those games happened and it's like how did we survive that? And, and you might argue maybe, you know, they didn't survive some sections of it. Right. Uh, but yeah. And then August is going to come just as fast with one more game on top of it. And I think the the positive spin on that, and I think the people who work uh, difficult jobs will say this, when you're always working and always busy, time flies. And I think when there's a Galaxy game every two days, every three days, it, it's going to happen quickly. And you have, uh, you know, from a player's perspective, you have the ability to be a goldfish and forget about it. It's like, okay, if we lost, you, we played three days later. Let's make it up. Let's get it back. Uh, so, you know, you have a lot of that going on as well. So uh, I know the result, and we'll, we'll talk a little. And you, you covered most of it with Larry about the Vancouver game. Uh, but I think the players saw that as a loss. And I think they're going to want to come out and, and try to get something out of this Minnesota game coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot, a lot of stuff to get to. Let's uh, let's start with some of the news that came out today. And it's not even news that affects the galaxy, at least not at this point. 
But I we I I think if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, eventually it could. Um, but I did talk to the LA Galaxy about this today, and they said you know not not currently. But AEG presents, which is basically the live music and concert arm of AEG, uh, does things like Coachella and then all the indoor uh, venues around Los Angeles and around the world, um, which includes you know I think uh, the Roxy and some other you know local places that maybe you're familiar with, um, are going to require that everybody who attends those concerts and in those venues. Uh, be fully vaccinated. Um, this is not like one of those things where it's like, oh, you can have a negative test. And right now, I think they're doing stuff where if like you're inside, you have to prove you have a negative test within 72 hours. Well, they're dumping the negative test. They're saying you're either fully vaccinated or you don't get to come. Um, and certainly they have a bunch of indoor venues, right? And so indoors is even at a more heightened state than whenever you look at what uh, is normal for for soccer and a Dignity Health Sports Park where we're outside. Um, so there's, there's usually more emphasis, but that's going to affect things like Coachella, which is a very outside event with a lot of people, obviously. Um, but they're going to require that you're fully vaccinated for that. I mean, you know, people are going to go in and say, you know, this is a movement that's sort of sweeping through. I have a feeling this is like more almost on the insurance side of things, which is, you know, Hey, your insurance rates are going to be going up. If you were planning on insuring a venue that where you're not requiring everybody to be vaccinated, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that's what I was reading even before I was reading today, that this is essentially the fourth surge that's happening in our country right now, uh, a fourth wave that's kind of happening right now. And I think that's why you're seeing almost kind of a return back to, you know, back to the first wave with masking and, and all those kind of things going back and forth. Um, but I think it always has gone back to protecting yourself liability-wise. I think, uh, you know, having been to a Galaxy game fairly recently and, and seeing pictures and people there, uh, obviously they have the signs everywhere. You know, we recommend, you know, you know, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask outdoors, but we recommend wearing them indoors and then staying, uh, you know, six feet away. And then once you're in the stadium, you know, maybe it's a little bit more relaxed, but the signs are up, they gave you the warning. And so that liability is kind of off the galaxy's hand or AEG's hands or, or the stadium's hands. Cause Hey, we told you, this is what you should do. If you didn't follow those directions, then maybe that's how, how you end up getting sick. And so I think it's going to go the same way with vaccinations. They're going to say, okay, we're allowing people uh, in our doors, but you know, if we're, if you get sick, you know, we don't want that to kind of come back to us. So I think at the end of the day, we'd like to say this is a gun ho, you know, get everyone healthy, let's fight this virus, kumbaya, let's all hold hands. But I think it's it's really a, a wallet thing. Let's protect ourselves. Let's not get sued. Yes, I, I think that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, sadly, I, that's the cynic in me, I guess. Yeah, I mean it is for me too. So anyway, um, yeah. I, this again, this does not affect the LA Galaxy right now. Um, AEG employees, in terms of full time employees, I believe are b- going to be required to be vaccinated. So that's something. I wonder if soccer players qualify as full time. AEG employees. That'll be interesting. I wonder who's... I think the checks come from AEG, if I remember correctly. When that news came out, someone did ask about the players, and I know someone, a Lakers beat reporter, I forget who it is, did mention that the players are exempt for that because they have a players union, and that's negotiated separately. And then, you know, again, I'll I'll run that by my HR uh, boss here at home. But I believe that's... There's some similar things going on in the the private workforce with these mandates. When there's unions involved, there's other negotiations because... You gotta you gotta stick to that union uh, handbook. You gotta yep. stick to those rules. Well, well, and you know, obviously, the chat room's like, well, you can just get a fake vaccination card, and certainly that's been one of the one of the questions. I'll tell you, if you got vaccinated here in California, um, there's a digital record of that, and you can go and type it in. And in fact, I got mine today just because I'm like, oh, if everybody's going to be requiring things, there's a well, that digital it can be scanned, 
right? So it's not Correct. like it's harder to uh, to to make fake ones of digital records whenever that comes about because I think the QR code even changes on you know every so so many hours that type of thing. It's like the rotating ticket thing. Well, exactly. I was just going to say this goes back to it's it's it all just go back back to the wallet because access tickets has the same thing every 60 seconds it refreshes a new qr code yep. is that because you know they want it to your safety no it's because <laughs> they don't want people copying tickets they don't want two people coming in on one ticket that, it, that's what it comes down to so so you're right i think eventually if there are going to be mandates it's going to need to be something that a, a fake a fake vaccination card is a little that's too easy i think there's going to if, if we're going to be serious about that or they're going to be serious about it then that's the direction they'll go but at the same time they could say you need it and they don't care if it's fake or not. If it's fake, that's on you. That's your, yep. that's your, you're responsible for it. But we, we asked, we checked so, and so, that may be what they say. So, uh, uh, Eman in the, uh, in the chat room says you can get a free vaccination card at your local pharmacy. You'd be an idiot to pay. Like really you could just go and like, you could also just get free vaccinations and that, and that works Or you too. could just get vaccinated. <laughs> that's right. There's that option. That's how, well. that's how you get the free card, right? You know, it's like one of those, you, you could do all sorts of stuff like that. It's all, all interesting. Um, whenever it comes down, but um, certainly, and in the vein of Monday's show, and see, the good thing is the people who listen to our podcasts are smart enough to have listened to our entire podcast. The people who just comment on it on Facebook, who do no reading, no listening, no thinking before they just go ahead and respond back are the ones who I should really be yelling at. But unfortunately, they're not going to listen to this anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But we talked about how pandemic is one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that attendance has been lagging a little bit. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. In fact, let's talk about it now. Let's push it up. Why not? It makes yeah. more sense to throw it into this. I was going to say, that was a nice a nice segue. And then I wrote it. on Facebook and then, uh, and then just running away with it and not paying attention to the whole article. Yeah. It kind of, kind of sounds familiar and how we how we got in the fourth wave anyway yeah hey that's how that's how it absolutely is uh is correct on that um but no we talked about this and we talked about it on the show and we and larry and i sort of went down and obviously i see the comments and the questions that are going on on the internet and on uh, unfortunately on facebook and on twitter and all those places where we talk about attendance and, and sort of why that is listen um i did have somebody reach out to me and, and basically we had a good conversation which is great and i always you know appreciate the insight from people who are who are living it um but when you look at the la galaxy we've talked about the lack of season ticket members we talked about that, that like that core group of season ticket members and not having fifteen thousand of those right in a perfect world the la galaxy have like twenty thousand season ticket holders Maybe yeah. not even that many. Maybe that's too many. 18,000. I think that is too many. Right? Yeah, but I, you have I like... I think 15 would be uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 18,000, you don't have to worry about selling tickets to any one game you're covered that's your average for the season you'd be very happy with that yeah absolutely and so um you can sit there and, and say okay so they don't have that in fact if we're looking at like fifteen thousand, then the la galaxy probably have a little more than a third of that um and not even approaching you know maybe that the halfway i don't know fifteen thousand seventy five hundred Half, halfway might halfway be halfway yeah. is better yeah so so that's where we're sort of guessing that they're at with this stuff but they've always struggled to have the season ticket holders and so that means they rely on walk-ups and what is one big section that we neglected to talk about is the group sales side of things. Um, and certainly the group sales are affected pandemic wise, right? When you're talking about the LA Galaxy and they're used to selling large quantities of tickets to large quantity groups, right? You know, you have 50 kids who are coming from AYSO in this region. You have yes. um, you have a bunch of group of, of co-workers from a larger uh, business. There's 100 of them that you're selling tickets to. When you rely yeah. on that and not only selling those tickets, Eric, but the repeat business that comes in you don't just sell them one you sell them yeah. 
yeah. three games. And we're, hey, we, let's let's sell you three games, and we'll get you know that's five hundred people who are going to show up in, the, yeah. in these next three games. Those are probably the things that are impacting attendance the most when it comes to the LA Galaxy. I said they were off two or three thousand whenever I you know using my memory and, of of what it should be. Yeah. That seems like that's a good that's, guess as where those are coming from. And, and that's the group. When you said that, it made a lot of sense because when you think about uh, it's funny. Some one of the things that some people may uh, kind of roll their eyes at the galaxy or they, they have a little bit of a bad rep is the, Oh, you know, the AYSO kids kind of going to the games. Uh, and you know, maybe there's some people from the other side of town who don't like that, but that's how you make lifelong fans is you get those kids at a young age playing at halftime and they, they build that connection to the club and they go. And that's, what's been missing because you don't have those groups gathering as often now and you don't have them getting together. So you're not selling those, you know, AYSO full league nights where you're getting, you know, five, people to come to a game and they say hey this was a good time let's come back again you get repeat business you're not having those fundraisers where uh, people okay we're you know at work we're or a school we're having an asb fundraiser sell tickets bring your family that's another 200 300 people something like that so those nights aren't happening so when you mention that part it makes it that kind of snaps it all into focus onto why the attendance numbers have dipped there but i also want to go kind of go back to what you're saying about i think there are some people who made some excuses and say, well, uh, LAFC's numbers aren't really that high. And there's a lot of other reasons. And I, I think we need to look inwardly and say, no, the galaxy's numbers have been low and, you know, across town, if anything, you know, the, those numbers that they're showing, that's people who seats that are sold, but whoever shows up, it's going to be less than that. That's always going to be the case. But those 18,000, those 15,000, they're sold. So you, you have to give them credit. So if someone's winning in the attendance sheet, you have to give credit to that. And the reason why we're pointing it out as a podcast and explaining it and, uh, you know, quote unquote, complaining about it is because at the end of the day, you want that atmosphere. We want butts and seats. We want people in the stadium. You want the galaxy with the biggest amount of support and home field advantage that they can. So when you see a dip in that, it's, it's not to make excuses for it. It's to say, what can we do to fix it? What's the problem? Why is this happening? Let's work on it. Let's, you know, Phone a friend. Let's, you know, we have some, you know, Star Wars night. I think we're going to segue into that Central American Heritage Night. That can be your opportunity. Okay, th- let's let's make a push. Let's get people in the stadium. We've noticed attendance is low. Let's make an effort. I think a l- there's a lot of groundswell that happens with LA Galaxy fans, and when you put your mind to it, you know, things can really be successful. I'm just circling back to that uh, Central American Heritage Night. I think that was a huge push. That was one of the best games that I've ever been to. And, you know, the, the score obviously was great because of it. But everyone really made an effort to make it to that game. Uh, I also look back to uh, a few years ago with the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, our friend friend of the show, Jamie Bacon, you know, was trying to redistribute tickets because uh, season ticket members – uh, you know, got a free U.S. Open Cup ticket. So we wanted to make, okay, this is going to be your first game. I was able to bring two, three, I think I brought three first-timers to that game right. at the U.S. Open Cup. So when you make an effort, I think that's the most people I've seen in the track and field stadium, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, not an LA Galaxy 2 game, but an Open Cup game. So I think that's why these things come up. When you notice these things, the fans take the initiative, the supporter groups take the initiative, and, and they can inflate these numbers by, you know, coming up with these rationales and these reasons. So it's fair to point it out. And it's, it's too bad that sometimes, uh, you know, you, the attendance has to be low for you to point it out right. to make a change. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing that we complain about it. That was how I, what I talked circles around. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it makes, <laughs> it makes sense. I have no problems with, with people talking about it. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, I will, I will push back a hundred percent 
um, and tell you that there are, you know, I've and I've heard this excuse over and over again. E Super just said it, so that's why I want to I want to hit it again. Is the whole I want to stay home and watch it on TV thing happens to like ten people um, because nobody has Spectrum. The viewership numbers on that are like in the thousands. You could count how many people do it, right? And at home games, I have to imagine that most of those people are in the stadium, like watching on their phone or some reason. The apps are horrible. Um, so like there's that's that's never really been a thing. You know, we talk about blackouts so much, right? And how blackouts hurt things, right? And you could see that blackouts don't really hurt the home attendance. It's what happens whenever it's the ability for people to Correct. watch away games. That's really yeah. the, the big thing that comes in here. Um, you know, yes, traffic is horrible. It always has been, though. So I don't know how you could say that's something new that that is hit. You know, that's I don't know. Did everybody think, get used to oh, staying home, Eric? Nobody likes I, to be in traffic I, anymore. Well, I think your counterpoint to your counterpoint, I know my dad's watching right now. I just got a text from him. Uh, you're talking to my dad. He's someone who would much rather watch the game at home, avoid the breeze, avoid the crowds, get to enjoy his glass of wine or his, uh, you know, his seltzer beverage and watch the game. Uh, and even without Spectrum, you know, there are ways Happy Calvin's making a, a nice living there on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> figuring that, yeah. out how to get these games going. So I think there are people who do enjoy watching the game at home, you're right. I think if you want to go to a game, you're going to a game. But there's always going to be people who prefer to watch it at home. But I don't think that's... That's, that's not the reason. You're trying, that's not who you're trying to get in. Like, that's not the the groups of how, how, you know, Heritage Nights. How old is your way. dad? That's... <laughs> he's he's old enough. He's an okay. he's a experienced like, veteran person. He, he's, absolutely, he's not. I, and, he's and, not jumping up and down in ACB when he. And goes. That's and I'm sort of saying that eventually it comes to a point. But when your major demographic, especially in Major League Soccer, is skews younger, right? Because yes. basically you're looking for your 18 to 35s is probably your core Correct. in Major League Soccer, and they've made a huge deal about that demographic every time oh well then the 18 to 35s major league soccer outpaces you know a whole bunch of different things outside like i think outside of the nba it's one of the second or third highest ranked um demographics for for major league soccer those i mean re relatively speaking those people are not staying home to watch on tv i mean that's, that's true. you know that's it that's not what those people are going to go out and do stuff whenever i'm in my later years as i'm getting there um, yes. I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like, I could have just stayed. I would have rather stayed home and not watched the second half against Vancouver. If that could have been, if that <laughs> could have been made. I mean, I almost fell, fell asleep for a reason. You could have been like me and had a, a, a daughter's birthday. So you didn't get to watch it. And then because you cover it on a podcast, you have to go back and watch it. And that's even more miserable. I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah. You know, if, if you have other plans and you missed it, good for you. But having to go back and rewatch that. That was rough. That was not a good time. No, no, it wasn't. So anyway, so um, all these things basically to say is that if you have friends and you have people who want to go and they feel comfortable, go and get out and see this Friday game. They're trying to make a big push on this. Obviously, um, you know about the attendance. I, I mean, last Friday night game that the LA Galaxy played, they got about 15,000 people, which if in my mind, I can go back and think about Friday games that should have been closer to 19 and 20, between 19 and 21 for a Friday night, because it's not full Saturday night, which would be in the 25 range, right around 24, 25. Um, and it's not Sunday afternoon, which can be in the 21 to 22 range, like sort of in there. And again, having gone to the stadium like most of you since 2009, I can pull off about numbers like you can pull off these numbers pretty easily from the top of your head you remember what they are um and how those sort of fit and everybody knows saturday night at 7 30 is the best time or saturday night at 8 is, is fine there's, too there's nothing better I, I say it and i'll be a broken record there's nothing better 
than a Saturday 7.30 game. And it's it's a shame that there's only literally only one of those. That's too bad. Friday night games can be close, but it's, I could probably attest to this. It's that you When you work a full day, it's, it's a week kind day. of the end of the day, you get a little loopy. That's tough. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough putt. The diehards, uh, some people like to go out on Friday nights. That's the thing. But uh, but you're right. Nothing. The Saturday 7.30 is the best ideal time for a game at Dignity Health Sports Park. And it's, it's a shame that that's not the regular. But Star Wars night, Jonathan Bond uh, with the with the and the poster there, Chicharito. You know, it's sad. At first, I was like, "Is Laton back?" Uh, the goatee it threw me <laughs> off. I was like, "Why is Laton on this poster?" Then I realized, "Oh, it's Jonathan Bond." So, oh, it's Jonathan. Yeah, you know, if you if you want to make that a thing, I know there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there, especially with all the Disney Plus series out there. So make it a night, make it a thing. It, it should be. Uh, it, it I, I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting week only because there's a Tuesday game. There's a bunch of Tuesday. Games. It's like they moved all the games to Tuesday night from MLS instead of like a Wednesday night. I don't know the one Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tuesday against Colorado, just mark that as a loss and plan for Star Wars night. No, no, don't mark it as a loss. You go to that against Colorado always goes wrong and always goes sideways. Yeah, but on a Tuesday, I've never seen it go right. Have they ever played them on a Tuesday before? I think Tuesday feels a lot better than Wednesday. (laughs) Wednesday feels like it's a stretch. Tuesday, however, um, this is the year. Yeah, this is the year we write the ship against Colorado. Philip asks why Beckham is on the uh, on the poster. I just there you go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. Oh, so much fun. All right, let's get to a little bit of rumors. And I know everybody was looking at this, so I'm going to update you the best I can. I actually held off on reporting this for like more than 24 hours, just that way I could tell you on the podcast, because I feel like I need trying to explain this in a, in 280 characters. I would say 140 and date myself. No, it's 280 and 280 characters is almost impossible um, because there's so many angles to this and there's so many things that could be happening. But I'm going to give you what I know as a snapshot of like right now, right? Like what is this snapshot that's happening right now and and how can that change, right? So that's what we're going to look at. Here is the rumor that came out and we saw it on Twitter and then all of a sudden my DMs filled up with everybody from Cincinnati trying to ask me questions about this. And so I'm going to report it to you guys first. Uh, the rumor came out that Dennis DeCloso was looking to be a candidate or was a possible candidate for the um for the game uh, or for the general manager to FC Cincinnati okay that was the uh that was what we were looking at having to happen here uh, i'm going to tell you what is going on here with Dennis Aclosa and all the things that are that are happening with him and basically um you know there was a rumor that came out that he that, that FC Cincinnati was interested in him as being a prospective general manager um and whenever that came about um i think people were a little surprised at some of that and i will tell you this um, you know, the LA Galaxy are certainly looking at how they're going to deal with Dennis DeClosa here um in the rest of this year. We talked to him at our live show, Eric. Um I was I wanna yeah, I wanted to touch on that, but but you you'll go into it. I'll touch it on right now yeah, while yeah. it's fresh on our mind. Uh, when these things happen, it kind of snaps things that happened in the past into focus. And so when that came up at our live show, he was kind of quiet and didn't didn't kind of gave a non-answer. Um, you know, as fans of Dennis's, obviously, you know, we've kind of enjoyed, we've made it known on this show that we've liked the work that he's done with the club. And we were kind of trying pushing, you know, the fans would love to see you back. And I think the crowd kind of clapped. There was an applause break there and he just kind of played it real cool. I think in an ideal world, we'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back. Everything, you know, it'd be great to be back here. I'd love to stay here, but he kind of didn't really commit. He kind of just you know, let it wash off. He let us do the talking and say, and and lead the conversation. He didn't really kind of push one direction or another. And so looking back on that, it just makes you go, huh, that's interesting that he, he, 
he wasn't pushing so hard. And then this rumor comes out shortly after it. It just makes you, uh, if you're a fan of DTK, it makes you a little worried as to what, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And you know, here's the, here's what I can tell you, or at least here's what I know right now. Um, if FC Cincinnati is interested in Dennis DeClosa, I don't believe that they have reached out to the LA Galaxy to talk to Dennis as of right now. And so that would be, I would say, a surprise to people in the front office if FC Cincinnati was like, oh yeah, he's going to be our guy. And I don't think that conversation and no conversations have taken place between those two. Um, so when we look at that, and when we put that into perspective, there's things that you have to sort of keep in mind for all this, right? Because this isn't as cut, as dry, cut and dry, Eric, as... Um, as oh well you know he's definitely staying uh and and you know he i think whenever he told us um on the live shows that really there there had been no negotiations left they hadn't talked about it and they were just worried about what was going to happen yeah. you know for the rest of the season the transfer window and all that stuff right and so um to my knowledge no talks have been made by the la galaxy to dennis DeClosa to try and extend him his contract is up at the end of the year here's the thing about dennis though He's made enough waves whenever he was with, with Guillermo and certainly now when they, he's with Greg Vanny and the work that they have done in the offseason and this full season that he has made enough waves that people are interested, Eric. They they I mean, and not just FC Cincinnati. I mean, I don't even know if that's true. Right. But as far as um, people from around the world, absolutely. Uh, there are people who are who, who would gladly take Dennis DeClosa to come into their organization in one place or another. Um, yeah. And especially in FC Cincinnati, who's just been down in the dumps and really needs a turnaround. Uh, so I think the Galaxy and, and Dennis mentioned it at our show. We keep pumping up. If you haven't listened, go back and listen yeah. to that live show. It was a fun time. Uh, but he even mentioned how, you know, it's kind of about, about riding the ship and getting everything back on track. And I think that's essentially what's happened with the Galaxy, you know, this season. It feels like all the pieces fell into place. So if you're FC Cincinnati, why wouldn't you want someone who's recently taken a club and turned them around right. and get them, put them on the right track? So it, it makes sense, to, uh, you know, to have a club. When you think, well, who's going to bring them in? That's exactly the type of club who would want to bring them in. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the thing I think you sort of have to guard against if you're the LA Galaxy. I mean, you know, listen... Greg Vanny has played that role before, but it's it's such an expanded role now. I mean, Dennis DeClosa deals with not only salary cap issues and trying to make sure that, you know, the players that Greg Vanny wants, he can bring in and they put the team together, to, uh, you know, put the, this team together uh, with both of them in mind. It's like, hey, we can get this guy, we can get this guy, and it's good to have another guy to bounce ideas off and you can evaluate players and like it's better sometimes to have two heads in the game. This isn't. This isn't Bruce Arena whenever Bruce was doing everything, right? Because we saw that during Bruce's time, and this wasn't as big of a deal then, Eric, is that, um, you know, the LA Galaxy Academy sort of stumbled a little bit, right? And so yeah. when you have that stumbling, when you have those issues, um, you know, you can't afford to lose that. And I think that you can't just look at the first team and what's going on, right? Because Dennis DeClosa has his hands around so much more, including like signing guys like Julian Araujo, Efrain Alvarez, and then the younger guys in the academy and looking at that pipeline and bringing that forward. You want Greg Vanny to be in charge of a lot of things. I'm 100% for that. But he, Greg Vanny needs to be focused on what is happening on the senior team and he needs more eyes and with an organization as big as the LA galaxy, I don't think you can go back to just having one guy do it all. Yeah. And I think the the tricky part with that and is first that's Dennis to bread and butter. That's kind of where he made his name was the Mexican youth, uh, national team and so being developing those academy players bringing up these young players to you know develop them into the first team roles so they can get first team minutes that's kind of been his forte 
uh, as of late. And so that's his thing. And we've had talked about it on past shows as well. A lot of the new signings, the whole French revolution that's happened had Vanny's fingerprints all over it. Yes. So you almost think, is there a separation? Is Vanny focusing first team? And then everything else uh, falls under DTK's wheelhouse, the, the all the operations around it, the contracts, the youth academy, and then you know Vanny can just focus on the first team. But where <laughs> these rumors can get started is is Dennis okay with that? Right. Does, is or is the first team, you know, the most glamorous, the biggest piece of it? And if you're not as hands on with that, you know, is that disappointing? If you're in, you know, Dennis's sh- shoes and you don't like that, and you say, well, maybe I want to go somewhere where I can be more hands on with the first team and the whole thing. Uh, so that's where that's where you can start your rumors and say, okay, maybe maybe he might be unhappy with that if if Vanny's a little bit more involved. Well, but for, in a perfect world, for me, I think. That's how it should be. Your head coach should be focusing on that first team, get the final say on that, and then have someone like your general manager focusing on all the other parts, maybe working on the deals, doing the behind-the-scenes, crunching the numbers. To me, that's a that's a perfect marriage, a perfect relationship between a head coach and a GM. But it's a matter of, are both parties happy with that? Yeah, and you and you never know, um, sort of, you know how how that all goes. I'll tell you this though, like as much as you can say that Guillermo came in and certainly had his fingerprints, Eric, on uh, the team, right? Because you know I was just talking to somebody uh, as well um, and said, you know, uh, we were we were sort of arguing this point. They're like, well, you know, whenever GBS was here, he just brought in all of his players, and Dennis just went along with that. Now that Greg is here, he's just going along with so great. You know, Dennis doesn't do anything, and I'd say, and I say, no, but your job as a general manager is to go. Out and listen to your coaches and whenever they say hey we want to look here you know let's exploit some of the things that we have here they can go out and execute that right you want Greg Vanny to come up to you and say hey listen we've been following this kid Kevin Cabral um, I've been watching him I go you know we we need to reach out so while I'm at training today can you reach out let's reach out to these guys and see if maybe they're interested and then Dennis can do his homework and he can look at all the stuff and he can be like okay here's what I found out I talked to some people about him like this whole deal you really have to have this collaborative it can't just be one person anymore and I know Peter Vermees does it um, but good God that's a ton of work um, yeah. whenever you do it and if Bruce was still doing it he'd still be doing it right but the whole deal but in my mind you have a guy who I think wants to be here who is happy with the way things turn around who thinks that there is something sustainable now with the LA Galaxy. I mean, it's one thing to turn things around, but it's also to get all the cards lined up. I mean, we were talking before we started, Eric. They're planning for 2022 right now. Greg Vanny well, is is playing this season right now, and Dennis DeClosa, along with Greg Vanny, are planning for next year. Which makes the comments at the live show a little more interesting. What is Dennis's line every time we've talked to him? This is not about this season talks are always ongoing. I think uh, Dennis has a tattoo of that on his forearm. Talks are always ongoing. And so the fact that talks were not, are not always ongoing when we talked about the general manager position, that's 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 where it gets worrisome because it always seems to be on the future, uh, but that doesn't seem to come up or it didn't come up. And maybe I'm just reading too much into that one moment. Yes. But the the next piece of it is, you're right, about turning, turning it around, the in argument in favor of Dennis staying is you want to be here when that the spoils of, of, of the hard work land. Right. So if the, down the road, you were thinking a championship one, two years down the road, you want to be here for that and say, I, I built this, we got our ring and then maybe it's time to go. So I think that's an argument, uh, you know, for Dennis staying, but I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to argue against myself again and I'm going to go full tinfoil hat I'm, yes. with no knowledge, mm-hmm. just a dude who likes conspiracy theories I think 
there's no doubt that the LA Galaxy have been trying to land Javier Chicharito Hernandez for a long time. This wasn't something that just happened last season. Dennis DeClosa, with his connections to Javier's family and with the Mexican national team, you know, tapped on the shoulder to bring him in, knowing this is the guy who could make the Chicharito deal happen. So maybe long con, big brain move. This was the the move to bring Dennis in to get Chicharito in. Mission accomplished. Our job is done. Time to move on. And maybe that's not why they're extending the extra offer because they got what they needed out of him. Again, that's tinfoil hat. Right. Just a conspiracy. Just throwing it out there. It wouldn't put wouldn't put it past me if there was a shrewd uh, front front office personnel who who thought like that and wasn't thinking Dennis long term, but thinking him for that one specific move to sell seats. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll I'll say no that 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 didn't. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, <laughs> Again, I just this is good pod. You know, you throw it, the tinfoil hat, you throw it out there. I no, that I don't I don't All see right, that. Good but times. but what but what I am but I, what what you have to understand here is that there's two things that are are going to happen here is that um, either the LA Galaxy are going to start negotiating to keep Dennis to close or they're not, and Dennis is going to find another place to go. Right? He has options. There's no yeah. way if you're Dennis to close that you wait until the contract expires to go try to find a place. Right? You you have a family to feed. You want to make sure that they are well taken care of. And by the way, Dennis says his family loves. LA and that it would you know I think that he wants to I think that's his way of saying I want to stay not just to make my family happy but also because I think there's things that he wants to still accomplish here and he's putting that together um, but Greg Vanny could be I mean you know Dennis DeClosa is Greg Vanny's boss, right? We all understand that, right? Dennis DeClosa is in charge of those decisions. But if you're the LA Galaxy and you're thinking about not renewing Dennis DeClosa, then you're going to Greg Vanny and saying, so do you want to keep Dennis or not? Like, is Dennis of value to you or can you do this all yourself? Because, you know, we're paying Dennis X number of dollars. Who knows what? I don't remember what it is, but maybe it's close to a million dollars, right? Could be a lot of money for for bringing him in. Um, he's I imagine he's not very cheap. I don't think I, I don't know what's a million dollars. Somebody threw that number yeah. out and I was like, <laughs> is that really is that seems like a lot of money. I don't know money. what a G. I don't yeah, know it seems GM like is. players. Yeah, players we do pretty good about valuing. Yeah, GMs and and coaches. That's a harder thing to put a dollar value on. Yeah, and so um, so I don't know, but like obviously he costs a certain amount of money, and is he too expensive in terms of? Did you have to offer Greg Vanny? Remember, the Galaxy are still paying Guillermo Barrascoloto as well. I mean, you know, there's all these things that you sort of have to put into the thing. But I'll tell you right now, if the Galaxy decide that they want to move late on this, they will be without a general manager because I imagine Dennis will find somewhere else to go and he'll depart. Um, and well, I, I think you, in, at least my mind right now, I think that would be a huge mistake. If they're thinking that they're going to want to keep him, then you do that now and you lock it up. So that way he can start planning for the next year. Yeah. And, and look no further than Greg Vanny himself. Uh, because when he stepped down from Toronto, I think we all kind of know you don't step down from that unless you know kind of where your next move is going to be. And so that was before, you know, everything panned out. So I think you're right. I think if, if they if they think Dennis is going to wait until it ends and then start up negotiations again, that's, that's not going to happen. He's, he's too hot of a commodity, um, you know, to get turned around. So I'm, I'm seeing the chat. People did not like my tinfoil hat theory. They yeah. did not, they want me to sit under a lampshade. I'm done. I'm going to go sit in the corner. I'm in timeout. Segway, segue to the next, uh, <laughs> next part of the show. Well, well, it's interesting because I thought it would be interesting to look at this. We said a lot of big decisions have to be made. And so I wanted to say, okay, if I'm looking at this team, just in terms of what I understand and I'm missing so many pieces to the puzzle that it's hard for me, but I can tell you right now, I know what the biggest decision to make right now is for them as they're planning for 2022. And we all know what that is because we've all been talking about it for a while. It's Jonathan Dos Santos and his contract is up at the end of the year and he's on a designated player contract. So what are you going to do with him? Because I mean, really when you look at it, Dennis has been, 
I, th- I think uh, I think Jonathan Dos Santos has been okay, um, but I don't think he's been great. And I don't know that he's in that designated player category. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You can put all those things. So what are the LA Galaxy going to do with Jonathan Dos Santos? I mean, is it are you going to try to sign him to a TAM deal? Do you have enough room on TAM? Like there's all these things you have to figure out. But that affects your 2022 because if you're not going to re-sign Jonathan Dos Santos, right? If you're going to go and try and get a designated player, well, then you're looking for that designated player right now you're already starting to put feelers out of guys who are out of contract or maybe guys who might be coming up in the winter transfer window that you're going to want. And by the way, what position should that designated player play as well? That's a question that hasn't been answered, even though there's no number 10 on the team and they probably need a number 10. So, I mean, (laughs) those are questions. I mean, Sasha Kleschen contract, Victor Vasquez contract, Julian Araujo, what are you going to do with him? Because eventually you're probably going to have to sell him. So who, when are you going to sell him and how much are you going to sell him for? And then who you're bringing in to replace. And I, I think you talked about it too with with even DTK w- going back to Jonah. You know, so we heard some rumors of him you know, moving on. Uh, you know, I think last summer or before the beginning of the season. So maybe some of those things are planted, you know, by agents to kind of get uh, a negotiation going. And so, you know, maybe that could be something that D- I don't know if we talked about that DTK planting. Not I, that he'd plan it, but that could be something that. Listen, you know, I, I gets want the conversation going. I want to be clear because I think that it's a reasonable question to ask. Somebody asked me, do they do you think, you know, Dennis DeClosa planted the rumor of of him going to FC Cincinnati? It's absolutely possible. I mean, 100 percent. That's a possible thing that could have happened. Do I think it, it, it went that way? No, I don't. But that is a possible thing to happen. And if you're angry that things are not progressing, that things are not moving, that you're not getting a contract, why not throw something down that says, oh, well, yeah, these guys are interested. Did you guys see this tweet from this per- from this account yeah. I've never seen before? <laughs> it, you know, It also could be, if you're a fan of SC Cincinnati, who's been kind of down in the dumps, who and you want to say, who could be a general manager that can turn things around? That might be one of the first names that pops up, so that could also be it. Uh, but going back to Jonathan Dos Santos and that designated player spot, I think that's the biggest piece of it. It's you know, I'd love to have Jonathan on this team. It, he's had some struggles this year, and obviously with everything going on in his personal life, that you know things might get trickier down the road. But I think it's a designated player spot that's the hang-up with him. Uh, you know, you want to have that designated player spot occupied by someone who's going to produce heavily, and he just hasn't been able to do that. And so that kind of brings me to the Kevin Cabral piece that I know Kevin Cabral's been getting a lot of. Uh, shtick lately because of, of his performances. But a take that I brought up with you and I want to bring it up here is that you can't look at Kevin Cabral as only taking up that DP slot. It's really four spots that he's taking or he's one he's one fourth of that. Because he's the young DP, you're able to extend Julian, you're able to extend Efrain Af- Alvarez, and you're able to sign Jovalich. So you're basically, look at those four players are taking up your designated player spot. That's value. So I think when you look at it that way, that that's that's a that's how you're using that designated player spot. You're getting a lot of value for it. If you look at it solely as Kevin Cabral, I understand why some people feel uneasy about that. But when you look at it as four players occupying that designated player spot, you're getting a lot of value. Whereas someone like Jonathan Dos Santos, that's one designated player spot, one person who misses games with international duty, right. been missing a lot to energy. So you're not getting the value there. Right. No, I, I think that's that's a point well taken. Uh, big shout out, by the way, to, to Jesus. We missed him uh, a little earlier. I want to make sure we get it back. Uh, he says, uh, my brother Caesar and I have been listening since 2014. Thanks for all you do. Uh, $10 super chat. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. We appreciate listening a long time. We like you guys. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm still waiting for the person who's like, I've listened to you since 2009. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, that's a mm, that's a long... So you should probably find something else to do with your free time. I would... I was going to say, who, 
Who's going to tell Josh that that they left? They left. The, the that, one person that, one that was, person there, that they, was they're there. They're gone. No, it's me. It's me. I've been listening <laughs> since 2009. That's true. That's I true. Know, almost every single episode. I want to get to the media call um, before we get too far away uh, from everything. Obviously, there's no correct answer. I'll just tell you uh, in my best understanding that there doesn't seem to be much to this FC Cincinnati rumor and and Dennis DeClosa. So I wouldn't be worried about that. Um, you know, I had a couple people laugh whenever I asked about it. So that's always a good sign that nothing's really happening there. Ah, okay, sure. You know, the whole deal. But, um, you know, stranger things have happened. So um, it's one of those things. By the way, John in the uh, in the chat room says, I've listened since 2010. I know John needs to find more to do with his his time. So that's I'm, I'm 100% sure of that. Thanks, John. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, John, by the way, dropped off like a whole giant bag of uh, LA Galaxy scarves that I have in my office um, that eventually may decorate this new uh, office as we as we move along here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see how uh, all that goes. I want to get to something that's very important. We may not get to the MLS uh, skills stuff. I I know everybody's why just that's, that's I, what I that's why that's everybody what I came tuned in. For. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I I don't know what to tell you. Um, I want to get to the conference call that was had today. Uh, LA Galaxy head coach Greg Vanny uh, and new psychic new signing. I was going to say psyching new signing. Uh, Nico uh, Hamelinen Hamelinen. Yeah, that's an easy Hamelinen. one. When you look it's at it, easier it's easier than it looks. Yeah, yeah, it is. Don't get confused by the umlauts. Just let, throw those away. They're, they don't. They don't help you on this one. But uh, Nico Hamelinen uh, spoke today as well. Um, Nico grew up in, I think, in Florida. So uh, very well uh, accustomed to uh, to what's going on here in the States and, and certainly an interesting guy. If you go to our website, we have the full media call there. Go check out Nico. It's interesting to say. I don't know. We're going to cover a whole bunch of what he said. Uh, but I want to get you updates on what Greg Vanny said. Um, here is uh, here's here's sort of what we know in terms of injury. So let's give you an injury update because that was the beginning of the call. Uh, for once, it wasn't me asking Greg Vanny about the injuries. It was Damian Calhoun. So I, I I appreciated Damian taking the taking the heat on that one because I think Greg sees like my name and he's like, here come all the injury ass. But I still actually got a couple that they missed. So I wanted to make sure we got them all. Um, so Victor Vasquez will be available this weekend. Uh, Greg Vanny said that he would be available. Um, he said he's back to full training. He said he was close last game. And so this isn't a surprise that he'll be available for Minnesota. So I would expect that you're going to see Victor Vasquez playing. Um, that doesn't seem a surprise at all to me. So Victor Vasquez will certainly be available for selection, and it wouldn't be surprised if he plays considerable minutes just because um, either he comes in in a sub role in the second half and plays like a last 30 minute type of thing, or he comes in early and tries to sort of control pace and that type of thing. Yes. I, I think in most games, I'm not going to say every game he's played in, but I think in most games he's he's played in, he's been a pivotal part of, of, of the team victory. Yes. So I think that, that him coming back is, is really huge and, and important to get this team, whether it's coming off the bench, cause he could bring those touches and put those balls in exactly where they're supposed to go. That's what he's great at is just, you know, really dotting that, that spot there. So I think they really need that, that precision passing. Cause I think that's something that's been lacking in the last few games. Yeah. So, um, Victor Vasquez looks like he's going to be available. Um, let's see other guys, Ethan Zubak, who was out with the league's health and safety protocol. Uh, he's apparently has a couple more things to do before he clears that, but Greg expected him to be back and in full training tomorrow. So we're on Thursday. He's going to be back on Friday. Greg said that once he's back there, we'll sort of see where he is to see if we're going to take him to Minnesota. Greg pretty much laid out today that um, the guys who are going to Minnesota are guys who can help us on the field. We're not just going to bring guys to hang out with us um, because that doesn't make much sense. And I yeah. agree. And he, he has this particular argument with uh, with Chicharito that, that we'll get to as well. Um, for Chicharito, he's listening basically his day-to-day. -day. Uh, he 
is still in his return to play protocol. That's Greg speak, Greg Vanny speak for going through the drills and the motions that you sort of do before you get that back to full team training, right? So Chicharito is not back to full team training. Uh, I do want to clear stuff up because I saw it reported. Greg did not rule Chicharito out for this weekend, which he has in previous weekends. I don't think that means anything. I'm just telling you, he did not rule him out. He said, um, you know, questionable was, I think, his his actual term um, on there, which is actually a lot closer to being being ready than I think Chicharito is. But he did not rule him out (laughs) and he did not rule him out from traveling either. He said that if he travels, it's going to be because he has a particular value for on the field stuff. Right. And so that was that was the cheat. So, again, if you read between the lines, Eric, he's not going. But this is actually a more optimistic Greg than we've seen. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason why that was probably reported is every time it's been questionable or he's close, he hasn't played. Uh, And you're right. He has officially ruled him out before. But I think uh, you're right. Reading between the lines, he's probably not going to go. But if he does go, expect he's going to go and get minutes. So he means he's ready to go. If you see him on that the roster sheet or you see, uh, you know, him, uh, you know, propping up Jonathan Bond's pillow on the plane, then, you know, right. Uh, he's going to be getting some minutes in Minnesota. Uh, Jorge Villafania is also sort of day to day right now. Uh, he picked up a bone bruise. I think they initially reported that it is a hyperextended knee, which would have been worse than a bone bruise. Um, it's just a bone bruise. Um, bone bruises are like these really weird things. As long as you're checked out and they've looked at everything and like, you don't have any broken bones and you don't have, you know, any, um, like edemas right in there where like, you don't have fluid yeah. building built up against the the injury or anything like that you can 100% play on a bone bruise because it's just a bruise of the the bone around there there's nothing physically wrong with you it just hurts right and so if you can play through the pain you can play I don't know that you'd want to though I mean that's that's asking a lot so I think Jorge Villafania is a question mark and so look for uh, Danilo Acosta possibly to start Um, and Viafania may be available off the bench or they may decide that he doesn't need to take this trip at all and they sit him and they have Nico Hamalainen who apparently will be available starting tomorrow for the LA Galaxy. Uh, That was uh, according to Greg Vanny. So he would be available to travel to Minnesota as well. Yeah, that's what it sounds. I mean, when we're talking about some of reading between the lines, I think, you know, you have this new signing who's going to be available. Uh, You have someone who's coming off a recent injury. Maybe you save them for that Tuesday game because, you know, these games are going to come quickly. Uh, So that's something that might happen. And then you're right about the the bone bruise. Do you remember when they used to call those contusions? Oh, yes. He's out with a contusion. Mm -hmm. It's like a bone bruise. I don't know when it when it switched to bone bruise. I like bone bone contusion is. I like contusion. It's a fun, fun word to say. And then you're right. It is fortunate that it's not a hyperextended knee. And it's funny when you were talking about on the show with Larry, it's either, you know, not a big deal or it is a big deal. I remember hyperextending my knee and I was out for considerable time. Again, here we are comparing ourselves to pro athletes, but that's something that can go very wrong. I'll take a bone bruise slash contusion over a hyperextended knee all day. So that is, it's good news. So if he doesn't play against Minnesota, you probably will see him back at home. Uh, so and, that's, it's a good sign. And then uh, I guess as reported by the LA Galaxy in a, in a sly way, um, they, they released pictures of uh, of Dion Jovalich training um, with the team in like first day of work. That was a very deliberate wording on that in terms of that. I actually asked the LA Galaxy. I'm like, that means he's that means he's available. That means that you that he's available he's to working. go. He's working if he's working. And I yeah. got, well, he's working, right? And they're like, that's what we put the post. I'm like, yes, but I need a I need to confirm and the, and so yes. <laughs> say the words. Yes, say the words. <laughs> so it's really interesting because uh, I've been talking to some people about this because it's really. Uh, it's a change in strategy from the LA Galaxy. Uh, Dion Jovalich came in on a tourist visa, basically, right? So he's not allowed to work. He's not allowed to do anything. 
Usually what happens, you come in on that visa and then you have to go out of the country and then come back in on a P1 visa. Apparently what they're doing here is something called a change of status. Okay. And basically they get the work permit and then they file for the change of status. And the change of status means that he doesn't have to leave right away. So he can hang out in the U.S. and work under that permit for a certain amount of time. And then within that certain amount of time, I think he has to go out of the country and come back in and enter in on the visa. But basically, it makes him available in a very short amount of time. So, you know, everybody gave the LA Galaxy crap about how long it took everybody and yeah. and, 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 and all that stuff. And maybe they learned a couple things on this because they were exactly. very that's, adamant that this was going to happen. I think that that's what I take away from it is they've seen how long it's taken. I think Vanny had talked about how frustrated he was with how long it's taken some of these players to get in. Uh, Dennis DeClosa had talked about how frustrated he was with some of the long procedures. So I think they either found researched a different way to do it. Like you said, a change of status status would be a, a way around that. And that's probably they, they're, they're finding other ways to get players in sooner. And I think that's a good thing, sign that they've learned from the past and they're trying to get it done either that, or, you know, we're just getting players from the French embassy and maybe <laughs> uh, they like their, their nap time and their, right. uh, their poutine. And they were getting a little bogged down. Maybe the Serbian embassy is just all business, no breaks, a lot of espresso happening and just pushing things through. So who knows? But it seems like the galaxy have learned some things. Uh, the other thing on Chicharito that we definitely have to cover is Greg Vanny was talking about the all-star game and John Rojas, who's my buddy. I love John. He's great. Um, actually asked the question. He said, you know, with the all-star game coming up, Chicharito is listed as, you know, being part of the skills tournament. He's being voted on to possibly be captain. You know, it's all these, these things is, is all of this marketing is going out. And we all know that Chicharito has missed eight games and that that dude ha hasn't played since the end of June. And so, you know, I think as you're an LA galaxy fan, you're rolling your eyes every time they're out there like, Oh, well, Chicharito is going to be in the skills challenge. It's like that dude can't hit the, the the field right now for the LA Galaxy yeah. and you're expecting that suddenly he's going to be there and I know there's a lot of people and I'll tell you this it certainly seems like his health and I think they're past the setback point right last time they had a setback they had to sort of reset he had, he had the fluid building up around the scar tissue that type of thing that seems to have been taken care of this time and they're okay so it feels like they're progressing past that point Eric but it is converging on the all-star game as it goes and people are like well of course he's going to be back for the all-star game and the whole deal and um so greg vanny was very adamant on this he says you know we're talking to major league soccer we're talking to to uh javier as well it's just it's not conducive for him to go play in that game basically if you're injured you're not expected to partake in these things but the problem here is that there's a rule out there right now and the rule is that if you miss the all-star game because you say you're injured then you have to miss your next club game as well well we all know that the next club game is after the all-star game is the El Trafico at Bank of California Stadium. And so if you're Chicharito, even if you're like not 100%, it probably mean, makes sense for you to go to the All-Star game and play as little as possible. So yeah. that way then you can play against El Trafico. That rule is out there. But they're also having conference calls, Greg says, with Major League Soccer about this because this is a special situation. It's not like the guy is like just saying he's injured for this one game. He has not played in eight yeah. games. And, and that, that's the part that I was going to go to is right now, obviously the timing seems awful just because now is when uh, the LA galaxy is pushing out all the all-star prep vote for our guy. He, you know, he's still in the golden boot race, even though he's not leading it, he's in the conversation still. He's, he's one, he's one goal behind Eric. He's yeah, one goal exactly. behind and he's missed eight so, games. So when you talk about the all-star game, he has to be part of the conversation, but you look at when he was ruled out, that was July 4th. And by the time the all-star game rolls around, that's going to be seven, eight weeks after the injury. And 
you know, that's about time when he's ready to come back if he's not back in Minnesota or the week after that against either Colorado or San Jose. Uh, you know, that's about the time that he comes back. So it's it seems crazy right now, and I kind of made fun of it earlier also. Of course, we're pumping out Chicharito uh, when he's not going to be available, but the timeline does make sense that he might be available when that All-Star game rolls around. And like you said, you want him back for the El Trafico. So if he need, if your, your price that you need to pay for that is that he goes to the All-Star game, I, I think I'm willing to deal with that because I don't think you're going to see full 90 minutes from him and even though the coach is a rival of ours, I think there's enough mutual respect where you're going to, if he says, I'm coming back from injury, you know, I only need 15 minutes. I, I feel like that those wishes will be respected. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to see out there or, you know, Javier can just walk off. I'm done. Yeah. Played my 15 minutes. Yep, I was in the skills with a Z challenge. Get, get me out of there. <laughs> Here's Greg Vanny uh, talking about this uh, after John Rojas uh, asked him the question here. Yeah, you, you know, uh, it's it's for sure ongoing. It's a discussion, dialogue on how this will work. But anytime a player is is injured, if they're injured, then they they don't have to participate in those, uh, and they're not expected to participate in those types of uh, skills challenges or even the game for that matter. If especially if they're coming off of injury, obviously the priority is in that. So uh, we we will see as uh, as Javier progresses where he is when that timeline hits us. I know it's coming pretty quickly. So, um, ongoing discussions, both with Javier, with the league, with, within our medical department and all of us at the club, uh, will be continuous as we get closer to that, that deadline. But it's for sure something that we're all thinking about as we, you know, we finally get him back into the mix, uh, here, hopefully very soon. Uh, we don't want to put him at risk again in a, in a situation that, uh, doesn't make sense for anybody. All right, there we go. Little little Greg Vanny uh, talk there. Um, yeah, if you, yeah, go ahead. If you listen to his voice it, he, when he's talked about Chicharito in the past, it's it's he's kind of ruled him out. This sounds like he's expecting him to come. He said it right there, very soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to see him quickly. Yeah, not this weekend. I, I, but yeah. I think yeah, maybe next week for sure. Maybe yeah, but we've I've been there before. I'm I'm not being I'm not being teased <laughs> by this one again, right? right so fair um, enough. And again, that rule may be fudged by, you know, MLS. They're sort of like, oh, well, that doesn't count for this. That's just if you get hurt, you know, right before the, well, you know, you will see. Yeah. And we know MLS is MLS going to rule Chicharito out, you know, for an El Trafico when you want all eyes on that game. You want the Vela Chicharito, you know, head to head. So I, I, I think they'll <laughs> they'll look the other way if, if he happens to not be available to try to make him available for that. It's it's in their best interest to have him play in that LAFC game. Uh, let's hear Greg Vanny talking a little bit about Minnesota United because that's going to be where we're headed to next here, Eric. So um, let's uh, Greg Vanny, I asked him, you know, what do you think about Minnesota? Yeah, I sort of gave him some stats on there. And so, uh, Greg, as always, uh, you know he's watched tape. You know he's watched many, many games on Minnesota already. So uh, let's hear what his take is on the LA Galaxy headed against Minnesota United. You know, they're a good team, an experienced team. They have a lot of experience over the over the field in pretty much every single position. Uh, they've got playmakers and goal scorers and runners in the attack. Uh, both of their fullbacks are competent and, and have quality in terms of joining into their attacks and providing those overloads. Uh, they've got good, they're a combative group through the midfield for sure. You know, you, you look at the guys that they have in their midfield and they're going to challenge and compete and they're going to tackle and they're going to, they're going to fight. And, uh, and so I think, you know, over the course of the season, they struggled a little bit early in the season. And I think that maybe put a little chip on their shoulder. And in addition to them, you know, getting better and getting healthier and all of those things that come with, with their group, uh, cause they have a good, very good roster. Uh, they've found their rhythm a little bit more. And so, 
Uh, at home, they're a tough team to beat. You see that. Um, and they've been on a good, confident run. And I think a lot of that is, is with the quality of their attacking players, they get chances, they take their chances. Uh, and they're a stingy, combative team defensively. They don't give away things. They're pretty mature about how they go about things. You have to, you have to beat them. And, uh, I say that a lot about a lot of the teams that are at the top of the, the table and, and the league or teams that are doing well. And you see that with these mature teams with guys who have multiple years under their belt. Uh, they just don't give away games. They don't make silly mistakes. And that forces, it forces the, uh, you know, the opposition, us on the weekend to, to have to execute in order to beat them, but also to not make silly mistakes, you know, and not to give away goals in, in situations where we shouldn't. And so. All right, Greg, Greg goes on for, for a little bit longer. I'm trying to think, um, I, I sort of wanted to, to get into the fact that he's basically saying here at the end is that they have to be smart about this game, though. Uh, this is the first game of three. They understand that this game is on the road. They understand that. Uh, Greg, I think, is looking forward to the challenge, as he has sort of said in here. But he also is looking forward to the challenge of trying to take points away from a game without Eric going 100 percent balls to the wall in the game and throwing out your chances of the two home games that you have coming up later in that week. I mean, uh, I, I've been pretty adamant about this, and I think Greg feels the same way is that you win your home games. Right. So the draw against Vancouver at home is points dropped. Right. Uh, if you can pick up any points on the road, whenever you're playing on the road, those are points picked up. Right. So you're, you're those are that's sort of how you have to view yeah. this. And I think he looks forward to a smash and grab against Minnesota. Um, you know, sort of like, hey, we're going to play defensively sound. We're not going to make any silly mistakes. We're not going to overexert ourselves, though. And then we're going to you know, yeah. smash. We're going to bang one in on a set piece and then we're going to park the bus and see what we can do to sort of, you know, main serve our energy and then come home and beat Colorado and then come home and beat San Jose. Yeah, I, th- I think that that says it. I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Real Salt Lake win and how that was a professional win. And I think that's kind of how he's talking about this game is he just wants a professional performance, especially how he talked about uh, Minnesota having veterans and, you know, someone like Robin Lott is someone who comes to mind who plays with the the Finland national team. It's just these are just professional soccer players who just know what they're doing and they don't make mistakes. So I think that will be the game plan. Just don't make a mistake. And then maybe you can get out of there if you get that set piece and something magical happens or best case scenario or, you know, worst case scenario, you don't get that set piece magic but if you don't make any mistakes you can still walk out of there with a point with a zero zero if you're able to frustrate the other team as well so i think that's kind of what he's going for reading between the lines they're not going in there you know to try to to try to dominate and to run up the score i don't i don't think that's that's in the game plan again looking at all the other games i don't think the galaxy well i guess portland was close to running up the score, but that just hasn't been their MO this season for the most part. Well, and, and you know, that I think a little bit of that has to change. I'll say this. Uh, there used to be, the Galaxy used to have a coach who would go, you know, 100% for every game and try to win every game, and especially in a condensed schedule, um, especially in the summertime with the heat, especially with, um, you know, guys being injured, guys coming back, you're trying to fit everything together. Um, as you look at that, that you know, Game Rivera Scalotto used to run pl- run teams into the ground. And remember, I remember seeing yeah. all the comments. They gave up. The Galaxy gave up. No, they didn't give up they were exhausted from trying yeah. to win every single game with a hundred percent effort they had cruise control set at 85 and they just at some point you know you're going to run into the center divider yeah it's a terrible analogy it's a, yeah i don't know why 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 would yeah. they run into awesome. the center divider it's on cruise I, I control they're paying attention they fall asleep <laughs> i don't but yeah i was gonna say they didn't they, they just put it on cruise and then didn't steer the steer the wheel yeah it was i i said it was a bad analogy okay moving was, on okay i just want to make sure that we were we were all on the same page there that's fine it's, it's all good 
Um, and so, and by the way, I would love to point out when people are wrong in the chat room. It's my favorite thing. Uh, that's Seattle and New England do not try to win every single game. Zero percent. That is not correct. A hundred percent. You saw Seattle play a whole bunch of kids in hopes of just surviving a game and they got the win. That didn't mean that's not how they went out to play that game. They were roster control. Yeah. Well, and then and then who's New England's coach? It's Mr. Bruce Arena, who was very famous for saying, uh, you know, at, through this road trip, we want to walk away with four points. You know, he, he used to say that he didn't say we're going to come out with all winning every single game. He said, we, if we get this many points, we'll be happy with that. I think that's reasonable. That's, of you, course, you want to win every game. You you have. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, you would. Yeah. Right. But MLS <laughs> yeah. is not the perfect world. They're playing to win. Especially not. By the way, Greg talked at length. Please go and watch this on corner um, please go and listen to this because he talks at length about the schedule and how difficult it is and just sort of the shifting gears and bodies and how hard that is and how you have to manage these weeks. It's not just about throwing things out for one game at a time. We always pretend you can play one. Just take it one game at a time. You don't have that luxury in MLS. And I think that's where the international managers fail a lot of times is not understanding the workload that is going to be taking place for all of these. So, um, let's get to the Minnesota game because why not? We already previewed it a little bit and started talking about it. Uh, the LA Galaxy will travel to take on Minnesota United. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff here on the West Coast. Um, the ca- actual kickoff time as listed right now is 3.01 p.m. This game on Fox, Big Fox, wow. and Fox Deportes. Um, so it's, it's, this is, I, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but it probably means that there's like a 2.30 pregame uh, and then they kick off right well, at 3. But yeah. I've, I've stopped pretending that I know what's going on, especially with, uh, you know, the, the gold cup and, and Copa America and all these things like the, whenever, you know, Fox is carrying it or something like that, you know, the pre-show starts an hour before, sometimes it's half an hour before you're saying three Oh one, three Oh one. I don't kickoff. know how reliable it, it might be. Again, if this were the Euro, I, I know it's the kickoff is going to happen exactly when that game t- time says, but it's MLS. So I don't know that I can, I could bank on that. Do you, do you want to know how accurate that number has been? Whenever you look it up on the MLS website, it has not been wrong yet this season. It has well, been a 301 kickoff, a 301 kickoff. So we'll see if, it, if that is. But just in case you were like, hey, I'll turn it on at 310 and we'll be fine. No, you won't. You'll probably be nine minutes into the game at that point. Right. So um, so that's that's something that uh, definitely pay, pay attention to. That game is going to go up right around 3 p.m. So that's going to do go to a watch party. If you feel comfortable, watch it at home on Big Fox. If you don't, um, the L.A. Galaxy have never, ever, ever in their entire history lost a game to Minnesota. Eric, ever, Stop saying that. ever. They've never, <laughs> ever lost a game. Us. They are five wins and two draws in seven games. And of course, you remember there was a playoff win as well over Minnesota yep. United in Minnesota. Um, they're going to the wonderful uh, Allianz Stadium, I believe is how they're saying. I don't think it's field because that's like the other one. So however it is, yeah. um, however they say it. But the LA Galaxy have never lost to Minnesota. Um, so in seven games, that's never happened. And But you're, I, I'm going to be very, very honest. LA Galaxy are running into a buzzsaw with Minnesota and yeah. how good they have been. They may be one of the best teams in Major League Soccer in the last 13 games. I think that's why you're saying that is you're pointing it out because it seems like the other, uh, the other cleat is about to drop. And I think, um, even though the teams have a short history, Minnesota hasn't been in the league for that long. A lot of the games have been memorable. I remember the, the Zlatan game with the turf kind of coming up, obviously the, the signature playoff win, uh, in Minnesota as well. So there have some been some memorable games, uh, and why this game is sneaky is because of Minnesota's record. They had those first four losses at the beginning of the season. Right. And so they, kind of fell off the radar and not a lot of people have been talking about them. And so I think this is something where, um, 
you know, when we talk about MLS power rankings, this is a team where, you know, only lost one game uh, aside from those first four that they lost. They're a hot team right now. They'd be near the top of the power rankings because right now they are a very tough team to beat. And so you're right. They're running into a very difficult team to play against it. I mentioned Robin Laud earlier. They also have Reynoso, who's also their assist leader and who's been, you know, looked great in, you know, other games as well. So I think they just have the type of players that give the Galaxy fits. And so uh, I'm not as optimistic going into this one, but I also believe in Greg Vanny and think that they can be practical and and, and work hard to get something out of this. But they are running into a very difficult opponent. Uh, incredibly stingy defense. Lost once in the last 13 games. Haven't lost at home since May. Um, they only have one loss at home for the entire season anyway. Um, and so you're looking at an LA Galaxy team that uh, has collected a total of just 10 points from its last 13 matches on the road. That's one. That's, that's three wins, one draw, nine losses. Obviously, that goes back into um, other seasons. Um, but it's, it's, it's something to at least keep an eye on um, here as you look at these things. I mean, the, Minnesota is a good team. I mean, I look at their passing chart and just sort of how they're sort of shifted and shaded. And listen, Will Trapp, you didn't mention him, but he is an integral part of their, uh, of their lineup. And if you're looking at the passing chart on our YouTube channel, the number 20 there in the center is where everything revolves around. And so Will Trapp is very good um, at what he does. And so, um, listen, I think it's a good matchup. I actually like the matchup. I like the challenge. I think Greg Vanny likes the challenge. Um, so I'm not super down on this matchup. Um, I'll also point out this, that whenever you look at Minnesota, Minnesota's schedule coming up, Eric, uh, Minnesota's schedule coming up after the LA Galaxy is that they have to go on Tuesdays. Galaxy play on a Tuesday game as well, but lots of Tuesday games this week. Um, but the, the uh, Minnesota will have to travel to San Jose on Tuesday. So that's something they're keeping an eye on, right? They also then will have to come back and on 821 on the next Saturday, right? They have to play against Sporting Kansas City. At home, right? So listen, they're going to be focusing on the LA match and that SKC match because as we say, focus on the home matches. The home games. Yeah. And, and everybody's had a week to rest. So this game is a tough one for the Galaxy because you can't really get them looking ahead to San Jose. That's not it. If they had SKC coming in on Tuesday, maybe you could get them looking past, right? Yeah. But that's that doesn't seem to be the case. And the fact that it's away to San Jose, San Jose further down in the standings, I, I think all the effort is going to be put into this LA Galaxy game. Uh, I think... I think I, I'm with you. I think, and I'm, I'm. The chat is turning me around. I, I think that they, the, the new striker Jovalich. We've talked about where the goal is going to come from. I, you know, he has a lot of promise. Maybe you know he comes in and starts firing on all, on all cylinders. Uh, you know, we've had some players. You know, with the last uh, three letters Vich at the end of their name. You know, come in and score multiple goals on their debuts. So maybe we're into something like that. Maybe they can get it going. So uh, there's, they can do it, and this could be something we talk about. You know not feeling great because Minnesota's playing very well. But this also could be one of those things when we talk about rallying the opponent that uh, or rallying the, the locker room. We talked about the Vancouver tie feeling like a loss. Maybe this is like, okay, let's rally. This is a statement game uh, from this point forward. Let's, let's really much forward. So, but, so maybe, maybe we can get some positives happening. But, I, I'm feeling swayed, but it has to be a different type of statement game, right? This can't be an Correct. all out assault on Minnesota. This has to be, Hey, we're going to sit back. We're going to absorb pressure. We're going to be solid defensively. We're going to be low in our blocks, right? Everybody's going to be connected through the midfield. Um, you have to have a really good, strong performance out of your midfielders. However, Greg Vanny sort of decides to do that. And you're going to look to hit on the counter and try to take advantage of Minnesota over committing and trying making sure that they win at home, right? This can't, but this yeah. can't be a full on, well, this is a playoff game and you don't have tomorrow. That's not how this is going to be played. Um, Correct. And, and I think the choice of people, you know, Jovalich is going to be available. 
does he has he played enough to where Greg Vanny thinks that he can start and go for a while? Does he come in off the bench? You know, uh, I don't think Ethan Zubak's going to travel. So who are you going to put up your strikers? Kevin Cabral going to start at striker and you're going to move Jovalich into there as it goes, shift uh, Cabral back and maybe shift F. Ryan Alvarez off. I mean, uh, you can sort of see how there can be some shifts with getting Jovalich onto this field. Greg Vanny specifically said in his media call, he goes, hopefully in this in this game, this this Saturday game, and then looking forward a little bit down the road as well, he says, you know, we're going to get some new faces involved and some guys who haven't played together who are going to be playing together need to start playing together. So like there's a lot of things that he's trying to connect in his head whenever he looks at all of these different things. So, um, you know, I think it's interesting. Let's look a little past the Minnesota game because there's a Tuesday game against Colorado. You look at Colorado's schedule. So on Saturday, they're at Houston. So they're away on Saturday. Then they're away at LA for the Tuesday game. And then they are home on the next Saturday versus RSL. That's a tough schedule for Colorado. So if you're looking at the Tuesday game and sort of how that's going to come down, that's a lot tougher schedule for Colorado than it is for the Galaxy, who will get to go to Minnesota and then come home and play on Tuesday. So keep that in mind. San Jose, if you're looking back to that Friday game that's coming up, the 820 game, the Star Wars night. Um, San Jose has a difficult schedule. Uh, they get one extra day, though. They're actually playing tomorrow on 813 Friday versus Vancouver. So they're at home on a Friday. Then Tuesday, they're at home versus Minnesota. Remember, Minnesota comes over. We talked about yeah. that a little bit, right? And then on 820, which is the Friday. So they play Friday, Tuesday, Friday is when they're playing the LA Galaxy. That's the third of three games and they're traveling yeah. for the last one. That's a tougher game for them, too. So keep all of this in mind because, Eric, it's not just about winning this game. So if you have to take all three games, right, because I feel it's impossible for you us to just look at the Minnesota game and say the LA Galaxy, you know, get a draw or get a win or they lose in Minnesota. It's more important about what happens in the next three games in the LA Galaxy taking sort of maximum points for for as many of those as they can. So what is what's the goal for the LA Galaxy? What should the goal be for the LA Galaxy? And how many points of that goal do you think they're going to get? I think the goal should be six points. I think you want to win both of your home games as the goal. If you can sneak three points out of Minnesota, great. But if it doesn't work out, you want to say at least our home game against Colorado and against San Jose, you want those. So I think six points should be the goal. Um, and I think they'll get there. Yeah. But I think they might get there unconventionally. They might steal one from uh, Minnesota, from Minnesota, lose to Colorado. Cause you, you just like really I don't said, like that it, Tuesday. It always, it always goes wrong. And then they'll of course catch San Jose at the end and get the, get those last six points. So I, I think six points should be the goal. I could see them getting it, but I think realistically you would be happy with four points. Uh, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think you'd be happy with four points because no. you have two home games. Yes. So six points should be the goal. That's the bare minimum. I'm sticking to it. Final answer. Lock it in. Goal is seven. Right. Because you you, you think okay. you're confident and confident enough to take a point from Minnesota and then you win both your home games. That's the goal. Uh, I think okay. I think six is a reasonable thing. And, you know, I've been reading the stories in MLS and certainly I have a lot of criticism for it. But Matt Doyle came out and said the L.A. Galaxy deserved to be you know where they're at because they've played well. Um, yes, they've overperformed in certain areas, but they deserve to be there. And so you can't say they don't, but that these next five games and three of them come up this week, these next five games, um, really should tell a lot about the LA galaxy. And I believe that's also true. Um, you, yeah. you, if you're looking at schedules right now and how the LA galaxy are going, right, you have the end of August coming up. So, uh, basically you, 
have Minnesota, you have Colorado, you have San Jose. That's two of three of those are at home. Then you have the quote-unquote away game at Bank of California Stadium um, at the end. There's the all-star game in there as well. So that's, remember, we told you it's really important to pick up a whole bunch of points in August, right? And Erica, what did you say before we started the show? Undefeated in August so far, right? Undefeated in August. <laughs> there yeah, you go. I like our streak so far. Haven't lost in August yet. And, and you bring up a good point, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, can this team, you know, get six points and can they make it happen? I think, I, I think when you, when you look at it and the, the galaxy are really, what's, what, what am I trying to say here? I, <laughs> I, I, I think they can do it. And where you set those goals, it's, it's, it's just going to be interesting where they land. I lost myself there. It's, it's okay. I got too hyped it's up. It's okay. I can, I can go yeah. for this as many yeah. home games. We said four of six at home in August. There is one home count it one home game in September. Okay. There are five games in September and four of them are on the road. So if you do not pick up points in August and pick up the most points that you can while you still have this home favorable schedule, Eric, you are going to be in trouble if you're the LA Galaxy headed into September, Colorado away, Minnesota away again, Austin away, which is a crazy place to play at too. Um, Salt Lake away. All right. None of those are easy games. Not one single one of those is an easy game. And so you and you only have one home game against Houston and Houston usually beats you at home. Um, yeah. So that, this, that's that's where I was going with it. And I totally had a, had a brain fart there. But when we talked about um, are they good or are they lucky? I think we talked to, you talked about that on Monday as well. This is where we're going to find out if they are good, because I think when you you're talking about a team being lucky that the balance sheet eventually comes due and, you know, you'll get unlucky at other team at other points. But over these next few games, if the Galaxy are good they will walk away with six points, nine points, seven points, something in that region if they're good. If they were just lucky, then we're going to find out that they were just lucky and things will go the other way. That was such a stupid chart. I can't believe people wrote articles (laughs) about that chart. I just, I cannot for the life of me looking at that. The Galaxy got me in, got me frazzled. The Galaxy outperformed their expected points and the expected points are based off of expected goals. You're just looking at expected goals. That's all that is. And so basically saying the LA Galaxy were better than what they should have been. That's all. That's all it says. It doesn't say they were lucky. It just said they were so better so they were good yes yeah yeah, that's well, all it's yeah except the chart says they're lucky right <laughs> they're like they're borderline yeah, lucky yeah. good i don't yeah. even know what borderline lucky good means does that mean you're average <laughs> good you're not lucky i don't I know think, i don't even i think we're ready for 538 it's stupid 538 oh my good 530 let's pull up 538 from the vancouver game just to point out some things before we go uh there was a 22 percent chance of a draw and it ended in a draw there was a 60 percent chance the la galaxy won if you look at the adjusted goals It was 1.1 to 1.1. That's a draw. Shot-based expected goals, 1.6 to 1.6. That's a draw. Uh, The non-shot expected goals. The Galaxy basically were in better positions. That's what this is saying, which we all agree they were. They should have won the game, but they didn't. 1.9 to 1.0. That was about it. So that's what 538 said about the Vancouver game. I just brought that up because I saw it and I thought it was interesting. Tell me about 538 and the LA Galaxy playing Minnesota. Outlook, not great. The Magic 8-Ball is back. Uh, You know, when we're talking about the 538 ratings, they have Minnesota with a 53% chance to win, the Galaxy with only a 23% chance to win, and then a 24% chance for a draw. So Minnesota heavily, heavily favored on this one. If you look at the the betting on Bovada right now, they have the LA Galaxy at plus 330. So if you're like E-Super in the chat and you really think they're going to win and you're feeling it, you know, put your 100 down to win 330 because Minnesota is the favorite at minus 130. Uh, so, you know, lo- it looks like Minnesota is a heavy favorite. So the Galaxy have a tough hill to climb. 
that's how 538 sees it. That's how Vegas sees it. So I think, uh, you know, it's the optimism of the Galaxy fan that's feeling it. But realistically, everyone, all the, all the arrows, outlook not great. Uh, it looks like Minnesota's likely to win this game. Do you want to hear something that maybe make you a little bit feel a little bit better? By the way, the odds on the MLS website show that the Galaxy are way under are underdogs as well. Perfectly fine with that, especially in Minnesota. Understand it with the history. Makes sense. If you're really betting this, you're looking at the line and you're trying to say, okay, there's value in betting the LA Galaxy to win because nobody thinks they're going to do it, right? So, you know, your $10 Correct. bet goes a lot further. Uh, there's a 47% chance, though, basically, according to this chart, right, that the LA Galaxy get a point or better. And those, my friend, are good odds, right? Those <laughs> like, are good odds. I like where your head's at. All right. So to, that's to get a point or better. That's where it is. Um, you know, this team is still learning itself. And I think that's one of the big things that Greg Vanny tried to talk about after the Vancouver game. I think we talked about it on Monday, not being ready to be in the first position is in, in terms of if you're going to be up there, if you're going to be in that first place, you better be ready. You better be ready to defend it. And the idea basically was, you know, hey, we weren't ready to do it whenever whenever we didn't beat Vancouver but next time we need to be ready to to capture that you know we need to go after that uh the mental game I, is so strong yes yeah just to go I really liked that line from Vanny he, when we talk about why didn't I think of that when he says we weren't ready to win it that's essentially I mean what a perfect description because they had it there we talk about how they've been playing they haven't exactly been setting the world on fire and the, had they won that game and you know eked out uh, a victory against Vancouver and landed in first place. You look at them and say, but do the galaxy really deserve to be in first place? Right. And so when you look at it, they, they weren't ready to be in first place. So I really like that perspective. From you, you can take the pessimistic view of that. And I know there's people who, who definitely like want to take the pessimistic. Well, what do you mean you weren't ready? You're the coach. You're supposed to make sure they're yeah. ready. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's a collective learning that needs to take place, right? There's this, understanding of how to win and how to be champions and how to grind things out. Greg talked about it. He said, you can't make little mistakes against Minnesota. Guess what? Minnesota is a team that might be ready to make that next step because they are a group of guys who have played together. They have some cohesiveness. They understand each other. Uh, Greg Vanny was in a uh, working workout session and the LA Galaxy posted the, like the mic'd up of the, of the thing. And he goes, you know, sometimes we don't have to be so complicated. We need to be more simple and connect with each other. And, um, you know, we talked, I think, I don't know if it was with you, Eric, but we were talking about how, you know, sometimes Phil Jackson, whenever he was coaching the Lakers and they were in trouble, he let them, he let them work their way through it. And sometimes yeah. Greg Vanny, I think lets them work their way through it. Yeah, that was with me. Okay. I, I did like that. Yeah. Cause that was, that was one of his secrets. I'm not going to call the timeout, not going to bail him out. You know, if it's, this is where you learn to grind and figure it out. So that, that's essentially same perspective. I dig it. Yeah, not not a bad person to model yourself after. Yeah, it's it's not horrible. All right, LA Galaxy face off against Minnesota coming up this Saturday, August fourteenth, three p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Fox and Fox Deportes nationally televised game. No excuse for you not watching this game. Go to a viewing party if you feel so inclined. I know there's probably one at Taps uh, in Orange County where we had our live show, so don't forget about that. Um, you can always head there, uh, and if not, watch it on TV and enjoy this because you're going to need to rest up. Tuesday and Friday games coming up. We expect you to be out there at the stadium. Yeah. For sure. All right, Eric, uh, anything else that you want to get to before we get on out of here? Well, I, I know that uh, the TAPS um, viewing party is a little bit more unofficial, but they are trying to grow that and get it going. But if you are looking for the official viewing parties, just a reminder to check out your Angel City Brigade, your Galaxians, your Galaxy Outlaws, your LA Riot Squad. Check them out, see where they're watching the game. And if you you know feel inclined, go for it. And then before we get out of here, do you have a guaranteed to be wrong prediction? How uh, are you feeling? LA Galaxy 2-2 uh, Minnesota. Is that, is that two two Minnesota? Is this like who? LA wins Galaxy the two okay. two okay. Minnesota. Okay, They're, they All each right. get so two. A draw. They yes, a draw, a draw. Is that is that okay? Am I allowed to have, pick a draw? 
All right. Maybe, maybe we lost you, Eric. I think maybe we just lost you. It's been it's been one of those days anyway. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're completely gone. We'll just, you know what? I'll close out the show for you. I got you. Um, if you're looking for the Hammer himself, uh, you can find him at hammer ev and of course at galaxy profile on uh on the uh on the instagram as well so go follow him make sure you get all of his wonderful stuff and if you're looking for me on twitter it's at jay guessman j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n and of course at galaxy podcast corner of the galaxy.com it's where you can find us uh check out all the articles the videos the the podcast all that fun stuff is right there all right i think that does it for eric the portuguese hammer Vieira. i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.